I walk a lonely road, the only road that I've ever known. Don't know where it goes, but it's home to me and I walk alone. I walk this empty street on the boulevard of broken dreams where the city sleeps and I'm the only one and I walk alone. I walk alone, I walk alone, I walk alone, I walk up. My shadow is the only one that walks besides me. My shallow heart's the only thing that's beating. Sometimes I wish someone out there will find me. Till then I walk alone. I'm walking down the line that divides me somewhere in my mind, on the borderline of the edge and where I walk alone. Read between the lines, what's fucked up and everything's alright. Check my vital signs to know I'm still alive. I walk alone. I walk alone, I walk alone, I walk alone. I walk this empty street on the boulevard of broken dreams where the city sleeps and I'm the only one. My shadow is the only one that walks besides me. My shallow heart's the only thing that's beating. Sometimes I wish someone out there will find me. Till then, I walk alone. Um, that is obviously Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. I don't know why this song popped in my head recently, but when I was growing up, when I was younger, I remember that song signifying like the death of art, <laughs> like culture. I'd be like, okay, Green Day sold out. It was so VMAs. It was like the theme song to the VMAs, and I think they probably got every award. Um, and I just thought, like, this is the worst song I've ever heard in my entire life. I will never listen to it. Um, however, something shifted. There was a cultural reset in my mind, and I thought, like, you know, as I'm slightly hungover, stammering towards uh, Burger King, uh, maybe I'll throw it on and see how it makes me feel. And... uh I gotta be honest, it was good. It's like a really good song. Um, I've opened my mind and my heart to Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day. Um, it's not as um, overpowering and dramatic as I used to think it was. I thought it was like, this is truly so egregious, so bad. And it probably is, but like my taste is kind of, um, it's questionable. It's not like, I'm not like vinyl. I'm not like, oh, I can only listen to like good music all the time. And I know what good music is. And <clears throat> I mean, as much as I subjectively like the music I listen to, I know that it's mostly irritating. And I guess what I'm, what I'm getting at is that like, I don't really listen to music that much anymore. Uh, and there's people that like really love music and they listen to it all day long and they kind of need to have, um, sounds that are so not commercial, so not, uh, like gross. And that's what the song is, I guess, kind of, but it like, it puts some pep in your step. I gotta say, uh, Boulevard of Broken Dreams by Green Day really puts some pep in your step, uh, I wouldn't say I would like want to flip a car listening to it, but um, it does kind of take you to a place. And it is, I'm not a nostalgic person. I'm not nostalgic for the early 2000s. Uh, maybe a little bit. Um, I guess this is like the era when like music really made me feel something where I really took to music to fill a place in my like heart and soul where I'm like, I need music. I need, you know, I need a compact disc. I need, well, this is probably iPod era, but before that, you know, it's like, you didn't have a lot to listen to. I mean, I think a lot of my listeners are a little 
young, but like, you know, if you're in a road trip with your family, you could bring like three CDs and, uh, that was it. You weren't on your phone streaming shit. Uh, so there was something that happened after Boulevard Broken Dreams for me where I was like, the music industry's over. MTV's done. Cause like I grew up listening to Green Day. I listened to the album Dookie. I hate saying the word Dookie. I can't say it again. Twice is enough. I'm at quota with the D word. Um, but like they had the really cool like album cover that was sort of like a Where's Waldo. It was like a cartoon. There's a lot. There's a lot of shit going on. And I thought it was mm, Green Day was cool. This song sort of signified the end of like um, rock and roll. Before Maroon 5. I mean, Maroon 5, like, killed it. And Green Day did, too. Um, but, you know, if you've been listening to the pod, you know that I adamantly love songs about Jane, uh, an album by Maroon 5. So, yeah, now I'm getting back into that one Green Day song. I listened to it three times yesterday. And I just listened to it now to kind of psych me up um, to this podcast, because honestly, I'm a little tired. It's 10 p.m., I've been kind of just sitting around with my fucking dick in my hand all day. And I'm like, why? I got to do it. I knew I had to do the pod tonight. I'm doing the pod tonight. I'm literally doing the pod tonight. But, like, I just couldn't get uh, excited about it. Um, and there is, like, something. <laughs> there's just, like, <laughs> there's something about this song that is so fucking gay and, like, random and fake capital F fake. Uh, and if you're walking down the street, listening to it, you have to be walking. You have to be walking down the street, listening to the song. Uh, it, it, I don't know what it does something to you. Uh, um, but like, I feel like I've gone on a little too long about the song, but like, mm, it's, it was a cultural reset. That's what I'm getting at. It's a cultural reset. Boulevard Broken Dreams. For me, you know, this is me pers- uh, speaking from personal experience. I thought that, like, I'm like, because this was, um, well, actually, let me get on the Google or Schmoogler and look up when this song actually came out. Um, I just, 2004. Okay, so 2004, I graduated high school in 2006. So 2004, like, I'm heavy into, like, adbusters. I'm with my friends in Walmart parking lot being like, should we slash the tires of this Hummer H2? Um, and so when this Green Day song came out, I was like, this is trash. It's awful. Um, anyway, so 2004, that was, oh my God, 18 years ago. Literally 18 years ago. So half my lifetime ago, I, I made up my mind about Green Day and I decided to never like this song again. However, you know, I like what I like. The heart wants what the heart wants. And uh, maybe give it a list. It's clearly on the next playlist. Like, you guys know it's on the next playlist. Boulevard of Broken Dreams. Okay. Okay. I'm looking at my clock. I've done seven and a half minutes. And I think I've only talked about the Screen Day song that I will probably not care about in a week. Um, okay. So thank you for tuning in. Soul episode. Um, I got a lot of questions on Instagram. I didn't really expect it. They're not, I mean, there's some good ones. There's some ones that like hit pretty, like, <laughs> and I have not prepared. I, I, I 
I wrote down the questions, but I've not, there's too many to mentally prepare for them. So I'm shooting from the hip tonight. I did get two voicemails, which is great. I love the voicemails guys. Please keep them coming. I love the voicemails. Cause then it, it like takes up time too. And I don't have to like read anything. I can just kind of kick back for, you know, a minute or two. Um, so I think kind of most of the episode will be, um, you know, me answering questions which I didn't expect to do. I, I, I want to talk about like some TV moments of the last week. Um, I'll, I'll graze, I'll graze, graze by them. Cause I, I don't want to do any spoilers either, but um, before we get into like any of that shit, I do just want to update some, some neighborhood stuff. Um, there was a snow owl spotted in Greenpoint today. Uh, a snow owl. I don't know if you've ever seen the movie Dumb and Dumber. Uh, it's a white owl that is like the most magnificent creature I could literally ever imagine. Um, I texted my gr- uh, group chat today, a Greenpoint group chat, and I was like, guys, there's a snow owl. It's been spotted. Because I was on the Greenpointer's Instagram, which is truly the most chaotic. Real heads know. I won't get into it. Uh, a neighbor... Um, had spotted a snow owl on top of like a telephone pole and took a video and I was like, oh my God, I got out of bed. I put my clothes on. I just started kind of like walking around. I personally DM this man because um, Greenpointer shared his Instagram story. And I was like, oh, okay, like, li- <laughs> like, listen, I need to find this bird. Um, he did not see the message, he did not respond. And it's fucking freezing. It's like, <clears throat> it's like 25 degrees here today. Um, drinking some green tea with honey um and i have some wine too but i haven't touched that yet i've also been at the bar for a few hours whatever anyways it's fine um a snow owl in greenpoint that's like um besides you know boulevard broken dreams this is another cultural reset for me for me this is a, a big cr um cultural reset so i kind of hit the streets i was walking around i sat on the bench truly freezing my ass off i should have worn like leggings or something uh listening to podcasts i was like i gotta see this bird um but i regret to inform you there was no bird sighting um i can't believe they're like nate up a snow owl like you can hear the wind can you hear the wind uh blustery um Maybe the wind blew the bird down from fucking Antarctica. Where's a snow owl from? Aspen, Colorado. I mean, I've seen an owl in like the Hamptons. I've seen an owl in upstate where I grew up. The thing is, I also uh, I also had a dream about an owl two nights ago. I had a dream that uh, an owl and a parrot, uh, like a beautiful like rainbow colored parrot, landed on my fire escape, and I was taking pictures um, in my dream of the two birds and uh then eventually turned to like kind of like the movie mother um and all these animals wild animals started coming to my apartment and they were like mauling me to death and i woke up scared and like probably screaming Uh, there's like a panther uh but the owl was the most prominent i was like looking at the face but it was like a barn owl but a snow owl if i could see a snow owl in person holy shit um it's one incredible thing. It'd be so cool. It reminds me of the duck, the Mandarin duck, which probably is dead. I mean, I, I luckily I got to see the Mandarin duck. 
probably what, three years ago, spring, like winter, spring of 2019. Um, that was one of the best moments of my life. And that, that duck, you can go back in the archives, see the duck on my Twitter, uh, Instagram, whatever. But this duck would literally, a mandarin duck is like every color under the, you know, like muted earth tone, but like every, every color under the sun. And it would show off in front of everyone, in front of photographers. It would attack like plain looking birds. It was like the biggest bitch I've ever met. <laughs> it was like so, um, so stunning to see this bird, like literally parade around. Like it knew, it just like knew it was, um, uh, so cherished, um, it was a supermodel. The bird was a supermodel. Also, another thing going around the neighborhood is this fucking dog. Th- okay. There's this, it's called like rat fever. <laughs> okay. It's called leptospirosis. It's like a thing that dogs get, which they're normally vaccinated against. Um, but like, if there's like stagnant water, they can receive it through like just other dogs oh god it's disgusting I, i'm just i resent dog owners in new york city you gotta get a life or you gotta like literally just have kids with your partner don't i mean especially in the winter it's tough because uh you know a certain hour everyone walks their dog uh and then like in the winter it's dark so you're just like kind of going outside and you can't see shit um then everyone's walking their dog and also like kids are kind of just out of school there's like there's children and dogs in the street in the winter and you just like literally just want to get where you're going it's freezing you're walking through slush and it's that we also like step around dogs and children and i just think you should live in a place if you need an emotional support animal you need to live in a smaller city you need to live upstate you need to go to cleveland you gotta go to phil i don't care let's get the fuck out of my neighborhood it's enough I can't, I'm no longer dealing with that. And now there's just like airborne, uh, leptospirosis, AKA rat fever, RF rat fever. Give me a fucking break. Give me a fucking break. Okay. Anyways, big update for the pod. I have finally solidified a t-shirt design which means i will be putting these into production very soon i'm very excited about them i've kept like an open notes app folder i've chalked down a lot of ideas and for months i mean like truly like mm, six months or when did i start the, the print when did i my shopify was i think september so i mean whatever maybe four months who cares um, I've always wanted to do a t-shirt. I've had some ideas and, you know, for me, I need to like sit with something for a little bit and just kind of see if I still like it. And truthfully, I just hadn't liked anything. So I, and I, I don't want to spoil it. I'm not going to spoil it. Like, I appreciate you guys paying for like this episode. Uh, but I think you'll in the long run, like being surprised. So I had this like, uh brilliant idea brilliant idea and i only sat there for like two days and i'm like this is exactly what i need to do it's funny it's simple it's stupid it's also pretty chic too like i just think people will wear the shirt um 
So I'm like very excited about that. Um, I'll give you a little hint. It's kind of uh, a spoof of a logo of a TV show. And it's one that I watch a lot, which could be anything. But again, it's funny, it's stupid, it's chic. It's combining all the things that I was trying to get towards always. It's kind of like I was always missing one of the three things. Uh, either it's like funny and like stupid, and I'm like, I needed to be a little smart, or I need to be recognizable. And I've always kind of wanted to do a little, like, I've always wanted to like, do a spoof but make it me um i know that sounds easy but i'm telling you months and months of just emotional labor with my notes app um and also so t-shirt dropping i have to get them made i have to figure that out um i sold out all my hats the blue and white in addition of, of 50 um, I probably gave like five away. So I sold 45. That's good. You know, I, I made my money back. Um, guys, I'm not making a lot of money on these uh, items, by the way. Uh, cause I, I care where I get them made not to be so like Dov Charney about it, but like if you're small like me and you're doing a very limited production, like you're not, the margins aren't great. So if you think the hat's expensive, I'm sorry. <laughs> get a fourth job um but there's a new hat i've designed and it will probably actually it's going to complement the t-shirt very well and i love the new hat design i've created okay i'll tell you guys i'll give you a little i'll give you a little hint i've designed a new logo which sounds very pretentious and very annoying like a logo i mean like i know it's funny that i would have a logo because it's like this is really a stupid podcast. Like, I get that. I'm in on the joke. Sometimes I worry that I'm, like, actually not sure what I'm doing. Or, like, I just... Maybe people are laughing at me and not with me. I think I understand the the layers of irony. But, like, maybe I'm missing something and other people don't. And they're like, oh, wow, he doesn't know. He doesn't know. He's a clown. I do know I'm a clown. Anyways, um, the hat's going to be, like, really... <laughs> really chic <laughs> and I've, I've i've designed the logo myself um <clears throat> i'm excited about the hat and i'm excited about the shirt so I, I just i think maybe monday i'm hitting the ground running and i'm gonna uh and try to get these things into production because um yeah i haven't like run out of money but like i'm telling you <sighs> patreon i'm doing okay but it's is my only source of income. Uh, it's just not hitting in New York City in, in 2020. 2022? Let me just check on my computer what year it is. It's 2022. Period. Um, okay. <clears throat> we do a little quick TV roundup. I watched Cheer Season 2. Cheer, the, the, the Netflix cheerleading show. Huge smash hit. Really just kind of embodies American ideals about competition, excellence, determination, pulling yourself out of its trap. Season two I watched. I thought it was boring in the first um, half. And I kind of have it on the background, volume kind of low. 
Um, but they did do an episode about Jerry, the um, <clears throat> pedophile. Jerry, the pe- he's a pedophile. Um, that episode was crazy. Um, I'm not sure much I want to spoil, but they do talk to the two teenage boys that are twins that he um, got involved with. I thought the episode was pretty crazy. And, like the mom of the the twin boys speaks and the footage i mean i forgot how big of a thing cheer was i mean jerry was the standout star of the show he was literally meeting with like oprah ellen he hosted like an oscars red carpet show <laughs> like this shit like exploded um i mean the whole series the second season is not all about jerry i mean obviously there's these college kids and it's about covid a lot too and like how people graduated and like weren't back because they couldn't be in person and it's it's very sad the whole season is very sad i think if you're interested in this the show cheer at all like definitely watch it um and i will not spoil the ending because you know it culminates in the the daytona beach florida like cheer competition and i'm just gonna say i've not cried I cry a lot, but like, I've not cried like this. I was like leaning. I was, uh, like my adrenaline was pumping. I was leaning forward. I had like my hands next to my face. I was kind of gently rocking back and forth. And I was like crying in like, a way that I was almost like choking on my own tears. And I I just not of like sadness. It was like a, a sense of pride for like these, these kids that work so hard. Um, I know this is so corny. I know, but whatever. Um, unsubscribe. I don't (laughs) give a shit. Uh, I was so into them, like their story. I'm actually not into their story. What I will say is like, this show along with like hype house is like 18 to 22 year olds, like giving a lot of sob stories, which end up being kind of just like an average American experience. Being like, Oh, like my dad wasn't there and we were poor. It's like, <laughs> start a Patreon bitch. Like, I don't know. It's like so average and it is sad. We're, we're, you know, we have like Stockholm syndrome. All of us do. But, um, so I was bored most of the season, but then like towards the end, I just really felt it. Um, the editing of the show is really fantastic. And the way that culminated again, I'm not spoiling, you know, cause there is, they introduce like a rival team, um, who also works very hard. They don't get acknowledged publicly as much cause you know, the, the, I don't They're in Texas. Uh, the team, I don't even know, um, the name of the team. I can't remember, but like they have so much attention, you know, Ellen, Oprah, uh, you know, so they're they're living large, uh, flying high. Um, but I respect both teams. And I was on the edge of my seat. I was like literally on the edge of my seat, and I was like crying in a way that was like almost scary to me. I was like, why? Um, why am I? Really? I was like, what's the real reason here? Like, why am I actually crying? Um, like this hard in a way that like I'm actually like kind of choking on tears, but it, it was because it was uh, exciting in a way. It was like, I felt I put myself in the scenario of like uh, being like one of their supporters. A lot of them don't have parents. So I was like, well, 
what is it? <laughs> I just have like baby fever. I don't know. I just, uh, I kind of stepped in. I don't have a big life. So I was just watching the show as if I was, I got a little too involved. I got a little too involved. Um, and it was great. So cheer season two, I think it's kind of a relic. It's like done so well. And it's, um, it, it, you know, I, like I said, it was boring. I really almost turned it off and I almost sent some like bitchy tweets out about it. It's like, this show's fucking bullshit. I'm so tired of these sob stories. We all know about COVID. We all know that everyone has a broken home. Um, but I changed my tune. Um, and so, yeah, that's that on Cheers season two. I really want to spoil it, but I won't. Um, Yellow Jackets. Watched the finale on Sunday. Actually, I watched it like yesterday. I just couldn't bring myself to do it. The show I really loved in the beginning because it seemed like it was full of like mystery and intrigue. Um, but it mostly turned out to be kind of a slog. And do I spoil the end? There is no ending. Basically, like, so I heard from a friend, this show was kind of planned out to be like a five season series, which makes so much sense because like, you're just like, give me some resolution. These characters are kind of interesting. You know, we like Juliette Lewis, um, Christina Ricci, obviously tore it crazy. Um, but I felt like, so if you're not familiar with the show, it's these, uh, teenage girls are in high school. They're a volleyball team. They're playing crashes in like Canadian wilderness in like the mid early nineties, I guess. Um, and they're out there for like weeks, months over a year, I think. And there's this spiritual supernatural element kind of introduced in the beginning and it never fucking goes anywhere. It never goes anywhere. And like the popular girl, you know, kind of dies in the beginning because like, she's not one of the main characters. Cause they're, they're flashing back to this. So it's like these teen girls or in the woods surviving and now they're trying to live their lives in like New Jersey. Um, and they're kind of uh, reminded of their past in, in certain ways. Uh, there's like death and sort of like a ransom. There's like shits in different areas. Um, and I'm sorry, the way the popular girl dies, which you find out in the last episode is so fucking stupid and doesn't make any sense. She okay, I'll spoil it. Mute the next fifteen seconds. She just like goes to sleep outside in a sleeping bag and just like dies of frostbite because it snows overnight. And you're waiting all season to think that like maybe there's this like fucking group of like fairies in the woods that like co-opt her, and you think that like they turn into cannibals. Cause that's what they're hinting at all season. But like literally they just kind of accidentally took mushrooms one night and almost killed one of their friends and they didn't like nothing happens. Nothing fucking happens. Um, it's like unbelievable. I will probably not watch the second season of this show because I feel like I've truly been robbed. I mean, there's enough good moments to make it worth it. I mean, if you're like already watching it, keep my <laughs> hair spoiled it, but like, God damn. What, like why do this to us it's it's like literally like a glorified cw show and i kind of suspect uh, i suspected it would be and it, it just turned out to be that i'm very disappointed honestly i'm very disappointed fucking 
Yellow Jackets. But, yeah, you know, season two, season five. I'm going to watch this for five seasons. Fuck no. Because it kind of turned into one of those shows. I don't know what the name of this genre would be, but it's like kind of like like the show Weeds. You know, Weeds on, was that HBO or was that Showtime? Probably Showtime. Just where it's like, oh no, like things keep happening and I have to like get myself out of it. And then it's just like more things keep happening. I'm like, this is not interesting to me. It's not interesting. It's boring. But I got, everyone got too invested. We wanted to like something because the cast is cool. The cast is cool. The cast is great. Um, I'll also say the theme song, it's called No Return. But I kept hearing, it's like, no return, no return. I thought it was no retrial. I kept hearing retrial. Also, like, please sound off in the comments if you've also heard the word retrial instead of no return, because I've listened to it, and it just sounds like, no retrial, no retrial. It's like, they're not saying the word return. And I feel like I'm uh, also on, like, another fucking planet. Um, alone. Everyone loves the show. I don't love the show anymore. I'm done with the show. I mean, the show's done, uh, but it's, I think it's renewed. Um, okay. One more thing. And I'm going to take a bathroom break and I'm going to get into all of your questions and voicemails. Friend of the body, Antonio sent me a video on YouTube. This guy's name is Frank Stevenson. He is a, he's an iconic automotive designer. And I know some of your maybe tuning out right now. I think we don't care about cars, Dan. However, I think automotive design and the way we transport ourselves is an incredibly important part of life and you should maybe open the door to to just like i don't know you could be inspired i mean cars used to be inspiring the design used to be kind of like romantic and beautiful now obviously we're in in hell um but so this guy frank stevenson he is known for um working with like Ferrari, BMW, Fiat. Okay, so he designed like the the Mini Cooper, the 2000 Mini Cooper, which is one of my favorite cars um ever. He designed the Fiat 500. He designed the Ferrari F430. He designed the BMW X5, which literally started an entire segment genre of cars like a sport activity vehicle, a crossover uh and that's why, you know, now there's SUV Porsches and Bentleys and Rolls Royces because people don't have money for a sports car and they want to be able to take their family with them. The X5, for better or worse, did create, it was a cultural reset. That's all I'll say. It was a cultural reset. And he's just like, he's kind of handsome. He's like, uh, who does he look like? Kind of like if um, Sandy Cohen from the OC, what's his name? Peter, what's his name? What's his name? I can't remember. But if he was like a little like chubbier, he has like white hair. He's really hot. Um, But he's very experienced designer and he has like a YouTube channel where he basically just like sits at a desk and he analyzes automotive designs, contemporary from the past, etc. And I'm so obsessed. I've practically blown through all of his videos. Um, and he has like different segments. So he'll do like his favorite three designs of a, a manufacturers. Like my, my three favorite Jaguar designs, my three favorite Ferrari designs, my three favorite Porsche designs, my three favorite Mercedes, et cetera, et cetera. 
and he really does a great job breaking down like these brands like core design principles uh again i know you probably don't care but i'm gonna keep talking um and he also does these videos where he like shows how he designed like the aforementioned um cars i just was talking about the mini cooper the fiat the ferrari the bmw and it's really inspiring to watch you know it's it's very artistic it's sculptural it's he has he's a passionate person i can't really pin his accent he lives in england but i think he's i don't think he's ever lived in america um uh but he likes some american cars he loves um what did he just review the ford mustang ev electric vehicle he's kind of into that he's not like a snob but uh it's it's good if you're remotely interested his name's frank stevenson s-t-e-p-h-e-n-s-o-n on youtube i'm watching so many of his videos and like I'm learning things that I didn't really know. Like all BMWs have this kink in their C pillar where the window kind of bends back, and that's that's kind of how I started watching it. A friend of the Bon Antonio sent me a video about like BMWs really jump the shark and they're doing all these crazy things, and he's explicitly and like very methodically showing us how they have lost their design language and their core principles. And it's also having with a lot of brands too, uh, where like they're 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 losing their language, they're becoming something else, and it's a lot of chaos. Chaos is reigning in the automotive design world. Again, I know you don't care, um, but maybe some of you do. Maybe there's like a handful of people that care. Um, I guess I should stop talking about Frank Stevenson on YouTube. Please watch his videos. I'd actually like to see you know. I think the girls and gays, it might, you know, it's something you'd never, the algorithm would never suggest. The algorithm would never suggest this. But I'm telling you, you may learn something. You might think about, I mean, I just, we live, uh, we live in a society. But like, a lot of people don't notice cars and they don't notice design. And it's like, if you like furniture, if you like textiles, if you like fashion, like cars are everywhere. Look at them. They used to be so cool. And then we have like Teslas, which is just like the most ugh, egregious, horrible scab on this earth. They're just like a general shape. It's just like shape and that's it. There's no surface detailing. There's nothing. There's no soul to these vehicles. And uh, if you feel like, you know, your everyday life is missing a soul and your car sucks, I don't know. Maybe watch Frank's YouTube. Um... Okay, I'm getting worked up. I haven't even touched my wine yet. I'm going to have a sip. And I've done 35 minutes. Okay, work. Okay, period. Okay, I'm going to... I'm going to take a second to use the bathroom and then smoke a cigarette. And then I'm going to get to all your questions. Two voicemails and a lot of Instagram questions. So this might be a long one. I might do over an hour. It's looking to be over an hour. Um, okay, be right back. Okay. 
Okay, I'm back, and I'm going to do a couple um, written questions, and I'm going to play a voicemail. First question is, it's pretty easy, it's pretty simple. What did you have for lunch today? So I am still on my Trader Joe's tip. I, like I said a couple episodes ago, I bought like $100 worth of frozen (laughs) meals from Trader Joe's. I'm still chipping it away. However, I'm at the end of uh, basically, uh, I would say, well, I mean, I still have like probably, I would say six meals left. Today, though, for lunch, I made orange chicken, a uh, frozen, it's a bag of frozen chicken that seems to be fried already. And then I, I put in some chicken fried rice, which is from a different bag. They're different items. Um, and you know my pan sucks everything sticks to it uh i don't know what to buy because um everything's teflon poison um i don't even know what kind of pan i'm working with right now however you know and and it's like heated up like in like vegetable oil and then like cook this shit in the pan i'm like i don't have vegetable oil. i have olive oil i know seed oils are now the you know and public enemy number one seed oil who the fuck has heard of seed oil? Also, what is palm oil? Palm? Palm seems like a, an exotic tree that you have to like ex, like ex, extract a reese. That doesn't even sound... First of all, it doesn't sound like it could be ever bad for you. Like everything in the tropics uh, typically agrees with everyone's system. Okay, anyway, so I put like enough olive oil in the bottom of the pan... I heat it up. I'm stirring it around. I'm using a different pan to kind of cover because I don't have a lid. Um, I do that for about four minutes. Then I add the fried rice, and that's another four minutes. And shortly after I add the fried rice, I add the orange sauce packet. I'm stirring it around, keeping an eye on it always because it's going to stick to the pan. I don't want to waste rice or whatever. Um, that was my lunch today. Thank you for asking. Um, next question. What do you think of the green M&M rebrand? Okay, so I tried to Google it, and you've maybe seen my Twitter. I tried to go on a news website called The Hill. Um, I don't know what that is. I thought it was a, a prestigious like news organization. I don't think it is. I could barely read the article because of how many ads and pop-ups there were. But what it seems to me, it's like it's kind of the Lola bunification. <laughs> uh, Lola Bunny from uh, Space Jam. Where she was like a hot slut, and now she's like a dumpy loser. So they took the green Eminem, who was like thigh-high white leather boots, and now she's wearing sneakers. Um, I don't really... I don't get why. I mean, I get why. The thing is, like, brands just have to rebrand, and this is... It just makes sense for them to do it in this way, I think. Uh, I think it's tragic and embarrassing and weird uh i'm not too bent out of shape about the m&ms because you have to think about like it's m&ms like yes they're culturally relevant but like um it would be better if like you know what i prefer is if they just kept the green m&m like a total horror and then just like demonized her for like (laughs) it's like yeah she's a night walker, but we hate her now. <laughs> like that would be better than her being like, "Yeah, I'm just gonna like get into my uh, pajamas and uh, support other women." Like, 
Give me a fucking break. Um, guys, sound off in the comments what you think about the gr uh, the green M&M rebrand. Um, let women be fucking sluts. Sluts rock. Um, I'm going to play a voice, um, a voice memo. They listen or left. I hope I can figure this out. Okay, it's on my phone. Um, and here we go. Hey, love the pod. Um, I recently moved to a new country. And while there's so much I love about it, I'm finding it a little bit difficult to find people my speed. Um, I'm a native Anglophone, and I find that I'm most comfortable with other English speakers, but they're a little vanilla, and it's a little bit difficult to be funny and charming in um, this other language right now. So if you have any tips on making friends when you're in an in-between state they would be much appreciated thanks yeah i have a few tips don't leave the country you fucking psychopath what's out there america has everything <laughs> also i love this like james bond kind of vibe like she didn't tell me like where she was moving i mean anglophile i thought that was like a weird british religion that i was just like uh, i don't know what that is but where are you moving from? Where are you moving to? I guess I can zoom out and just extrapolate like moving to a new place where everyone's boring and you don't know the language. Um, I don't have a ton of uh, insight into this situation because I would truly never put myself in it. Um, there's so much of America I haven't seen. I, I personally would focus on that. Uh, I mean, I'd love to see Utah. <laughs> I love to see Colorado, uh, even the Pacific Northwest. But I, dealing with a language barrier and people, where are you? Why don't you just tell me where you are? Tell me where you are. Um, I, I mean, maybe join the Dial Dan Discord. So I think you're probably a subscriber. And then there's not that many people on it. I don't know. I, I guess. What do you do? I mean, maybe look at places on Instagram where you think cool people hang out and look at like who's posting like tag. Cause you seem young. You're probably younger than me. Most of my listeners are not all of them though. Most are 23 to 28 is my, uh, sweet spot. Apparently, um, I'm having some wine now finally. Okay. So I don't know. How do you meet? I guess. Yeah. I, like online. I mean, I don't know what happens in, in public. I don't know what the COVID shit's going on. There is like, um, I would just maybe try to post up and not get too drunk and just see if you can strike up a, an honest conversation and, uh, God, this this is kind of stressing me out because I was thinking like I was talking to my friend earlier today. I was like, yeah, I'd love to go to L.A. soon. It's fucking cold here. Uh, got friends out there. 
now. <laughs> but like, what if I get COVID right off when I get off the plane? What do I do? Like, what do I do? Then I just have to like quarantine where, like I wouldn't put my friends through that at their apartment. I have to like stay in a hotel. That's a million dollars. What would I eat all day? That's another million dollars. Like it would just, I don't know. It's, I don't know. My advice to you is move back with your parents. No, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know what you do. How do you meet friends in a foreign country when you don't speak the language? Yeah. You got to get on like Reddit. You got to do some like weird, like nerd shit. You got to be nerdy. You got to be a nerd. Or just literally tell me, tell us where you live and maybe people can like reach out. But I wish you the best, truly. Uh, okay, we got like, um, we'll do some more written ones. I got a lot of written ones, actually. Um, does Erica Jane belong behind bars? Eh, no, over it. I don't think she didn't. I don't think she did anything wrong. I think she turned a blind eye slightly, but like, as I've said before, I think Tom Girardi was such a solid, like, person that no one really doubted that he was a fraud. Um, but he is. Um, someone, this is not really a question, but it's very relevant to the pod. They said, when I had COVID, I ordered three rotisserie chickens over a two-week period, and I ate the bones. Work, bitch. You gotta not only clear the bones of all the car, you gotta eat the bones too. You gotta get your fiber in. You gotta cleanse the whole system. You gotta get your fiber in. You have to eat the bones. The bones must be in. Um, I'm just, I hope, I'm so glad I can reach out and touch lives and people are eating bones now. Next question. What is your favorite movie? I am going to go my gut and just say Clueless. I think Clueless did everything perfectly. Uh, Funny, smart, sad, interesting, incredible actors, incredible performances. Um, Fun. You can watch it. You rewatch it and you notice something different every time. I just love Clueless so much. And there's other movies I like too. However, it, for me, it's Clueless. Um, the next question is relatable. Uh, what are your favorite filmmakers? Um, I guess whoever made Clueless. Um, you know, I don't like is uh, that Steven Spielberg because he made Jurassic Park and uh, filled a lot of impressionable minds with lies because as we know, uh, dinosaurs didn't walk the earth. Next question. Who is your favorite housewife of all time? That is going to be Ramona Singer. And that is because she is a wild animal and she's still after like 13 years has not gained sentience and you get to voyeuristically look at her life and you have to remind yourself like that's what the the dawn of housewives was orange county ramona's new york but the first season of orange county was 
glimpses into like families' lives behind the gates. It was like the, the intro was like seven million families live behind gates and gated communities, and we wanted to peer into their lives. We really didn't know. Well, I didn't fucking know. There were no there. There was no gated communities where I grew up. I can't even think of anywhere within like hundreds of miles, maybe like two hundred miles, uh, where that would even happen. Um, and even then it was not even like women, the women of the show interacting with each other that much. It was like just kind of a weird documentary about their families and their children. It was a lot of their children too. And it was boring. It's still cool. I mean, I, I've been watching orange County from the beginning cause they're always like, there's always a marathon on Bravo, but Ramona loves showing her life off and she has no wherewithal to like kind of check in with herself and be like is like is my am i gratuitous am i horrible do i treat people poorly and people tell her this all the time she treats staff um horrifically she treats her friends like shit she's the master of fake apologies and yet she still can't stop and she's just funny. She's just so funny. She's like the, it's like what the housewives are kind of, I mean, I'm not like a purist in that way. I think you can deviate and you can do different shit. Like I love Potomac because it's so not that I just think it's like a group of women of a certain age that know each other and you see their lives and they can roast each other. And that's cool. It's different than like early New York. Um, but yeah, Ramona Singer, favorite housewife of all time. Okay, my next question. Um, let me see. Okay, this question, I don't think he listens to the pod, but this is a, I'm going to say a straight man who is very handsome, who I've had a little wine. I've maybe thought about it at night from time to time. Anyways, he chimed in on Instagram and said, do you think we kind of look like siblings? I'll take my answer on air. Thank you. Um, this is paywalled. I don't think he subscribes. Well, you know, even if he does, I will just say we look like cousins. I think you're hotter than me, but also guess what? It's 2022 and um, incest. <laughs> it's on the menu. <sighs> it's embarrassing. I have to stop thinking about straight men it's fine next question are you in your witness era that is i think referring to a Katy perry album witness um i wish i was in my witness protection era so i could hide away from all these desperate cloying questions just kidding thanks for asking i don't know Katy perry's fine i'm not i don't really care witness was that the one She's like got her eyeball in her mouth. Was that the one with like Damien Marley? Because I that song like brought me to tears the first time I heard it. Uh, yeah, Katie's fine. Her Vegas residency looks really the set design is incredible. I would totally go to that shit. A little premature in her career, but also now that I'm thinking about it, because I, I think I we I talked about it. Who did I talk about it with recently in the pot? I think. Uh, it, it just seems like maybe, oh no, it was on, uh, it was on Jock Peterson's podcast, which I was just on. I think it's a free episode, so you should 
hop on over to Spotify or iTunes and unpopular JP. We had fun. We recorded for like two hours. Oh, oh, how he laughed. Uh, it was nice to catch up with Jacques, though. Um, yeah, so we talked about Katy Perry, and I just thought, like, it's it, ugh, it's too young. Like, I mean, I guess, but, like, because she's probably, like, my age. <laughs> uh, but to do a Vegas residency, that seems like you're kind of, you don't want to retire, but you might be about to retire. Uh, and, you know, if you're in your 30s, it's like, did you give up? But also, like, honestly... I live pretty simply. If I could make a bunch of fucking money and just like retire and fade away, that is what I'd love to do. That's what I'd love to do. But, um, you know, Katie has pretty expensive and like specific taste. You know, when she bought that like nun, uh, like a church and then one of the, the nuns was like, please Katie don't. And then she like dropped dead and you know, Katie still bought the church. That's really bleak. To be honest, that's like very bleak. Um, let's see. Oh, this one's interesting. Who is your favorite and least favorite guest? Okay, I'm not gonna say favorite guest because I have so many favorites. I will say just to do my due diligence and you know my least favorite guests i think they it's a tie and the thing that they share in common is that they both asked me to come on the pond and they kind of uh really tried to make it about them i think they were using me and my platform <laughs> like yeah i want to go on a podcast and i want to like talk and like you'll say yes because i'm uh desperate or i just am like lazy and i'm like if you want to um so those two people are alex kazemi and caroline calloway i do think so i actually a, a month ago a friend reached out to me he was like oh i listened to your alex kazemi episode and like he was like you're a great interviewer like you really got somewhere with him and I was like did I like I felt like I was kind of suffering and but I mean I think I did kind of level them in a human way but I did think circling back which I really wish I did more research before I had him on I kept referencing this article in some magazine uh it starts with a p it's not paper magazine it's like fuck what is it called um but it was a sort of expose about him. And then after we recorded, I was like, I don't know, something was off about this guy. And I did some research. The author of this article, which like nailed him to the cross in so many ways. It was like so weird. Cause I'm like, you're not famous and you're not, you're not Kanye West. It was like almost as if someone was like trying to write a takedown of like, of a celebrity that was notorious or like bad behavior, like Kanye. Whereas like, Alex Kasemi is like not known really not to be a bitch. Um, I researched the author, nothing, no LinkedIn, nothing. And then I reread it. And I was like, it was like the author I'm doing heavy air quotes over here was like getting quotes from like his sister and like a bunch of people. And I'm like, I think that 
And then I really read it a few times like this man literally wrote a smear article about himself to create buzz about himself. So if you Google like Alex Kazemi, the one article that comes up, it's like, oh, he was late. He was such diva. And like his family hates him. Like he literally wrote that about himself under like a pseudonym. And I feel like so fucking stupid, like buying into this shit. However, having not known that at the time, the episode, which I put up for free, it's on Spotify, whatever. Um, I thought I tried to gently pry and get him to reveal anything really. And maybe I did an okay job. Maybe I didn't, but he emailed me and said so many glowing things about the pod, which I don't think he's ever listened to. I just think I was probably an easy target. Um, and then I said, yeah, cause I had a guest bow. I was like, fuck it. Like, um, yeah, I mean, come on. If you're eager to come on the pod, chances are, you know, but you have to be like Googleable. No offense. Not, you know, um, would I do it again? Eh, probably not. I think we've, I think I've had enough. Caroline Calloway also was like, oh my God, we should record together. And I was like, where is this coming from? We haven't spoken in years. And then, you know, if you've listened, some of you haven't, I get it. She's tough. She's tough to listen to, tough to have a conversation with. She like didn't even know the name of my podcast and like anything, like any, she thought it was Stephen Phillips Horst actually. <laughs> like while recording i was like we've met uh it's we did a red scare live show together which she really wanted to talk about a lot and i was like okay cool because it at least uh solidified me in some sort of cultural moment which it's fine it passed i i'm not lingering on to that but um i did get a lot of subscribers from that episode and then i went on reddit because I was like, I wonder if anyone's talking about this. They're really like, transcribing the episode and like talking about it. And there were people talking shit about me, but then there were people like, no, he did the best he could. You imagine talking to Caroline for an hour and a half. And I was like, work. Yeah. Like, so there are people on my side. So yeah, my, my least favorite guests are probably Alex Kazemi and Caroline Calloway because it just wasn't my vibe. But I thought I would try something different. Uh, I got to shake things up a little bit here and there you know favorite guests like all of them i like truly love all my guests because they're like i consider them friends i mean there's a, a spectrum of friendship of course but i mean other than the two of them no one's like that random um and anyone else i would love to record with you know in a heartbeat okay next question These, there's a few housewives things um, this is about Salt Lake City. Are Whitney and Seth obviously fucking? Um, I think Seth is gay. Like, <laughs> I think Seth, uh, this is Meredith Marks' husband. He, the beginning of this season in particular, I kind of don't remember season one of Salt Lake City because it was like beginning of pandemic and I was, it was just a weird time. Weird time kind of deleted all the files in my mind from that era. But every time he'd be on camera, they'd be like at lunch together and he would just like say the most like gross sexual shit. And like Meredith would be very uncomfortable. He's like, 
oh, you're like, boobies look great today. Like, ugh. And it's like not. There's certain parts of the country like Atlanta and Utah, Salt Lake City, where it's like there are so many closeted men. It's so many closeted men in these fields where like you kind of have to be like, and it's so uncomfortable to watch. You can tell Meredith's uncomfortable. Them having this like separation, open marriage thing. It's like not because they're not in love. I think it's because like he probably wants to fuck men. And I've heard some things about him in New York City, but I don't remember because it was, I was just like, yeah, now I get it. And I can't get that involved anymore at my age. I have other things to worry about, such as like, um, you know, will I pay rent? Will I ever live alone? Will I ever find love? Uh, but no, I think Seth's a packet. And so is his son, Brooks. Obviously, we know that. Okay, this is about um, Summer House. Not a question, but a prediction. Carl and Lindsay get engaged or pregnant before filming this summer. Okay. Loved the fucking season premiere of Summer House. I'm so glad it's back. Giving me a, a, a little bit of a new lease on life because I didn't like that show at first. Now I love it. I'm obsessed. Lindsay, I'm a big uh, hub hubcap. Lindsay Hubbard. They call we call ourselves hubcaps, I guess. Um, her and Carl's relationship. I think. I mean, Carl's sober, you know, uh, now. And I, they had like some chemistry in the past. I don't think that he's the right person for Lindsay. It just is not. I think she's really desperate and she like admits to it all the time. I'm not being a huge bitch here. Um, I think it'll run its course. I just, I don't see them. Their energies are so different. And like Carl is so new. He used to be such a drunk monster. And like, he's been sober for like six months. Is that enough for him to be a completely different person? No. Lindsay really needs some like professional help, electroshock therapy. Like she needs, I do think she needs a man to like calm her down. And I kind of think I do too. So again, I'm not, this is not coming from a place of judgment. I just think that like to balance her energy out, which is way too intense. Uh, she has, she can't date like pathetic men that she tramples over, over. And that's like the, her past we've seen it on screen season after season uh she probably needs like an older man she's not attracted to and and she needs to be in like a loveless um relation that's as good as it's gonna get for her i think and you know at this point in my life i would i'd welcome it too i would welcome it too um oh god this next question's a doozy because i mentioned that like it was my friend earlier and he was like, Oh, just, you know, do any, do any fans try to like reach out and hook up with you? And I'm like, sometimes also, I hate the word fans, just like listeners, people that follow me on Instagram. And I'm like, yeah, they're, they're young though. They're like young. Um, he's like, no, you need to like do it. And I was like, no, I don't need to do it. I want different things. I want, I want something a little more real. Um, cause I've been there, done that. I've been 23. I've been 28. I'm 33. These are like big 
they sound small. Um, life starts happening very fast and things change. And you don't even realize you're changing. They change. Um, so this question, I'm going to read it. It's so fucking long. Okay. This may or may not be for my friend. Dan, why not have sex with your fans? I know you're a Puritan and hate infidelity, but why not have occasional sex with a fan? I'm not saying this as a pervert, but as someone who knows you are looking for perfect romance immediately, where, in my experience, it happens randomly and involves multiple sexual encounters and mutual faith between two people. Also, age is a construct. Okay, let me just start to break this down. Age is a construct that's very pedo. <laughs> it's giving Nambla. Um, <laughs> okay, I'm not opposed to having sex with people who listen to the pot. That's like not like I would. But I also like, if you're listening and it does happen, never talk about the pod to me. It just, it cannot. I'm like crawling out of my skin even thinking about that. Um, something that he touched on does make sense where he says, I know you were looking for perfect romance immediately where in my experience it happens randomly and involves multiple sexual encounters. The perfect romance immediately thing as a Virgo, as a homosexual, as a deranged person, I do think there's something there and it's something I should probably work on where it's like, I am so closed off that like, if something doesn't like, or if an encounter doesn't like slap me across the face then I'm like, well, it's not good. But I do think this is kind of, I don't even know if it's really advice, but he's like, you can, have an average encounter with someone or have like a medium date and then it could grow into something which is reassuring and i think you know cool and uh i also you know i kind of already knew that not to be a bitch but um yeah um still very single one a very weird date for the first time in like two years, right after Christmas, we are no longer speaking. But I, you know what? I had to get myself out there, and uh, I'm open, eh, kind of open, kind of not. It's, it's a lot of trouble. But I do have to, uh, I think, kind of grow a pair and like really get back out there. Because I'm just tired of sitting around all day yearning. The yearning, oh my God. I'm so tired of the yearning. Um, okay, there's only... How long have the second chapter been going on? Oh, hell yes, I'm over an hour. Oh, great. Okay, so I have one more. I have a voicemail and then, like, another long question. And I think that is how I round this solo episode. And, like, honestly, it's so long, like... Maybe I'll cut out parts that I hate. Like, the beginning part with Green Day. Like, I don't know what possessed me to do that. No, I'm keeping it. I'm keeping everything. I don't edit. You guys get the, you know. Okay, here we go. I'm just queuing up this voicemail. Okay, Dan. Oh. Kind of long-winded. 
Hold on. How do I? Sorry. Okay, this is a pretty long voicemail, but uh, we'll see. Okay, Dan. This is kind of long-winded, so I'm going to try to keep it short and sweet. But basically, I'm, um, I'm dating this guy who's actually my ex-boyfriend of six years' best friend. Um, so we decided we wanted to go public, and so what we decided is that the guy I'm dating, he's going to approach my ex, and he was going to say, hey, I want to take out this girl, you know, your ex-girlfriend on a date get his blessing and then from there we would basically pretend like we started our relationship then anyways um it's been six months um that we've been together and uh he got his blessing which was great then my ex came over and just kind of talked to me and told me that he doesn't feel like that's the right move but he doesn't want to tell him you know that he doesn't you know that he takes back his blessing so he asked me if I could um, just keep that in mind, that that's something that he can't deal with and he'd be really lonely. And keep in mind, we're all close friends. So it sucks because now the onus is on me. But the problem is now my ex is like severely trying to get with me. Like he is like always trying to come over. He's always calling me, always FaceTiming me. He tells me how much he misses me. He says he like, wants to hear my voice when he calls me and it's just like overwhelming i don't know what to do because he also asked me to keep it you know on the low between me and him and not tell the guy i'm dating it is so messy i know it's probably not even comprehensible so thanks um well it must be nice to have like men fight over you um, not really sure her to question in there. Um, but like, maybe you should move overseas with my last caller and you two could link up kind of sound like the same person, <laughs> but okay. So the situation is this girl was dating a guy and they broke up. She started dating his best friend, which classic situation only going to be bad. Only you can't date the best friend. You can't date the best friend. You can't have everyone get along. You can't date the best friend. You just like literally can't. Um, and I think that maybe your ex boyfriend is sensing something's going on. Wait, no. I guess you told him that you were dating. Wait, no. Wait, the blessing. Okay. So your current boyfriend got asked your ex boyfriend like, "Can I date?" you and he said yeah but then you didn't say anything i'm sure he just senses it this is also very confusing so six months have gone by he probably knows you're like fucking and dating and he probably misses what he had and like wants i don't know if he like probably genuinely wants you back but i think he probably wants to win and so god this is so tense and weird like I mean, you have to come clean. You have to do it, like, now. You have to have the tough conversation. Um, assuming you still want to be with your current boyfriend. But, like, who makes... I mean, I guess... If you're all friends... 
if you're all best friends, that's crazy. So what, you're best friends, you're still hanging out, you're hiding. I guess um, maybe the three of you sit down together, take a little pressure off you, um, and just be like, we're together. You're probably going to lose, like, your friendship with your ex-boyfriend. Like, you can't not do that, I don't think. I don't see how you'll hang out. If he still has feelings for you, it's going to be tough for him to be around that. I also don't know the circumstances of why you broke up. Um, But I trust your intuition, I think. Um, It's it's messy. You caused, kind of caused a big mess. Uh, But it's not just you. It is your current boyfriend. Uh, he's, well, everyone's betraying everyone. There's so much betrayal. Um, yeah, I don't know how to fix it. I don't know where you live. I don't know what your lives are like. I don't know how much you see each other. So, yeah, my advice is leave the country. Find a place where you don't know the language. And start over. You have to start over. You've blown up your life. Um, congratulations. And now you have to basically be in like the witness protection program. <laughs> and you have to start over. I'm sorry, but you just have to start anew. Um, or just like dump your boyfriend and not talk to either of them. That I mean, that's kind of my clean break. I'm such a clean break. Bro. That's bad. But like, ah, uh, God, I don't know. Oh, I don't know. Yeah. I, yeah. I just, I would not want to be in any person in this situation. Uh, for, I mean, seem kind of young. So this, Relationship will probably end. Not to be a bitch. It might not, but it probably will. And then everyone will be left with nothing. And they'll have to pick up the pieces. And it's not just all your fault. It's, you know, everyone's kind of guilty. Uh, Percentage-wise, who's the guiltiest? I guess your ex-boyfriend, we don't know. Uh, your current boyfriend... Him dating his best friend's girlfriend. That's really... Ooh. Do you want to be with someone that would do that? You gotta ask yourself. Um, does your ex want to be friends? What the fuck was that? Okay, sorry. Something just fell out of my garbage can into my recycling pile and knocked. It was like a, like in a bowling alley over here. What was I saying? Right, do, does... If you were your ex, would... He, like, would... You want to be with your ex who's dating your best friend? Do you want to be with a... Like, what? Oh, Lord. Yeah, disaster. Big mess. Did I answer anything? Well, there wasn't really a question. So I'm just kind of riding and ripping here. Um, Wish you the best. Thank you for listening to the pod and trusting me with your um, deepest troubles... Ugh. See, this is why I don't get involved, people. <sighs> okay. I have one final question. This one's a little... A little heavy, I think. 
kind of not the heaviest but it's medium um a little long okay so i'm going to start it's a written written question uh, oh, it's not that long actually it's like two sentences okay dear dan can you touch on sobriety and tips slash tricks on how you succeeded doing sober january i'm realizing i might have a slight drinking problemo and want to get everything on track but while i committed to a sober january this year i've been drinking like every day thank you sincerely a near alcoholic Ooh, honey near alcoholic shit i know where you're coming from i know you mean for me i'll be honest transparent i felt like if i didn't do i was just so the end of 2020 i did sober january last january not this january i felt like it was absolutely imperative and if i didn't do sober january i was probably gonna like go to aa uh or like moving like a, a men's shelter rehab situation maybe not that extreme but i was i felt like my drinking was out of control in a way where I did feel like pretty powerless to alcohol in a way that like I was drinking so much more than like m- most of my life ever. And I was in an age where like hangovers would be terrible. I would like go buy like two bottles of wine thinking like, Oh, I'll sip on one. And I'll, you know, these two bottles will last me like the week. Um, but then I would drink both in one night and that would happen kind of over and over again. And I was like, Oh my God. Like this is a pattern. Um, I felt so alone. So desperate. I'm just in my apartment. Uh, it's winter in New York. End of December is the holidays. I just really lost like a part of me and I couldn't go on. I was like so depleted. I was so tired friends would be like oh come hang out do you want to do something i'm like no like i was either too hungover or just like didn't i just didn't want to be seen by anyone i was so miserable i'm sorry to make this question about me i just kind of don't know what else to do um and so uh sober january rolled around i was thinking about it and i was like very serious about it i was like if this isn't doable like if i don't do this then i literally have to like get treatment get help ask for help and you shouldn't be embarrassed about doing that and you should i mean you shouldn't be embarrassed you should just like find people that have gone through treatment for addiction uh, also, I'm so not a professional. I don't even believe dinosaurs walk the earth. You know what I mean? So don't just like listen to me. <laughs> but like, I also like, I think I've mentioned this in the pod, uh, Captain Sandy on uh, Below Deck. She's a recovering alcoholic. She was like, one of the crew people was drinking a lot. And she's like, if you can't do 30 days, then like you have a problem. And I was like, that just inherently made sense to me. I'm like, if I can't do one month, uh, then I, you know, really need to recalibrate my life and like really deeply 
think about like why I'm here in the first place. Uh, of course, the pandemic and having no life and being in my tiny little shoebox day after day with no one was troubling. I'm not making excuses, whatever. It's just that's life. Life throws shit at you. Um, sometimes it is circumstantial. Sometimes it's like genetic. Sometimes it's, you know, more, it's prolonged. It's compounded. You know, who knows? I mean, experts probably know. Um, and I was like, that, yeah, that inherently makes sense. I think I'm going to do 30 days, do sober January, and hopefully I'll make it. But I really, it's, I mean, the last two years, it's like always the past. I'm so not looking back. I'm so just trying to look forward. So when anything, whenever anything happens, I'm like deleting the files in my mind. I'm like, oh, whatever happened. Recalling January of 2021, I definitely watched a lot of movies. The first couple weeks, I was very manic. And it's, I kind of realized like, oh, that's why I drank because I have sort of a lot of energy. I don't really know where to put it. Um, I don't know where to channel it necessarily. And, you know, like some people like work out, they run, but I was like too depressed to kind of even do that. So I'm like, I don't want to physically exert myself. I just like, don't know what to do. Um, and I don't really know what I did. I just really had to believe and be very, I'm not a disciplined person. I just felt like, the stakes were very high for me. I set the stakes very high and I made a commitment to myself, which I don't even know the last time I've done anything this drastic. Like truly I was like, if I can't do this, then, uh, yeah, like I said, treatment, reaching out, asking for help, which is harder than it seems a lot. I get it. Uh, very manic the first two weeks and then you know i'm just watching a lot of movies at night i started a letterboxd account i'm like reviewing movies um definitely texting people around the clock um then after the first two weeks i started like getting into a groove i would sleep so well with no like i didn't have to like have wine to go to bed you know your body kind of starts to reset itself. And I liked that feeling and I liked kind of having harmony. However, it was still, I felt, I mean, everyone was isolated and lonely in January of 2020 in New York city. Um, 2021, sorry. Um, and so it sucked. I mean, it truly sucked. It was very challenging. I really struggled. Um, but then after a while I was like, Oh fuck. Like I never want to be hung over again. <laughs> like I was so afraid of drinking and friend of the pot Antonio started sober January, like five days after I did. And we kind of wanted to record together and like, you know, sip for the first time and see what it feels. Uh, and so I waited until like February 4th or 5th, five days into the next month. And, very cautious because like a month is a long I mean it really is a long time in the dead of winter it's pretty crazy and uh but I did it 
Um, and like, I don't, my relationship to alcohol, I mean, I still drink. I'm drinking literally right now. This might not be, again, I'm not a professional. I'm not an expert. I'm just trying to be honest here. Um, maybe not the best, but like, I don't try to obliterate myself anymore. Like the death drive is quieted quite a bit. And I think that's what I needed to happen. So your question is tips and tricks. Uh, uh, well, I, I made a book, <laughs> I made a photo book, creative projects, um, that car photo, which I need to reconnect with my friend Matt about like, Jesus has been a year. Um, I poured myself into my work <laughs> just so I've like never said that or actually even done that. I like bought a scanner. I went and got these prints from my childhood. I scanned them all. I obsessed over them like okay my nighttime activity is doing this and i'll buy like kombucha which i didn't realize the kombucha i was buying had caffeine in it so i'd be up all night it was just like a fucking nightmare it is hard uh sober january but like if you feel like in your heart of hearts like you need to live a sober life and if you've drank every single night every day when you're trying to do sober january to me it seems like you can't stop drinking and like you've got to be able to because it'll like it'll fuck up your life fuck up your body um mind and soul so shit <laughs> you can like reach out privately and we can talk <laughs> i mean obviously everyone's anonymous I, I don't even i don't write down people's names in my notes but yeah it's a tough time and I know I was like jokingly tweeting like, oh, if I made it through sober January, I'm good for the next 15 years. I half mean that. I do and I don't. I just know that right now I'm not in the place I was last year at this time. And I don't feel like it's imperative. It felt imperative to do sober January. So if you're just like, oh, it'll be fun. Like maybe I'll lose some weight and like exercise like and you're not doing it like whatever. Maybe you're young, but I'm just saying from my experience, it was, I was, it was, uh, could have been a cultural reset for me. <laughs> could have been, uh, quiet for homeboy if I didn't stop just for, you know, a little bit. Like I said, I was drinking crazy, never drank more in my life. Uh, never even drank in my home before. I only like drinking with people and I like coming home and, you know, eating and then um, watching something and jacking off and going to bed. Uh, but no, it was uh, truly uh, obliteration mode. So I hope that answer. Oh my God, I've done 50. Wait, this is a long episode. Um, I hope I answered your question and, you know, I hope you're good. You know. Cause I couldn't tell how dire, how dire the straights were. You know what I mean? So yeah, if you're struggling, there's no shame in, you know, reaching out. 
but like I don't know if I don't reach out to me. No, we couldn't reach out. But like reach out to like maybe closer people to you. Um I think I'm kind of uh I think I'm kind of done with this episode. Um I'll just kind of like read off some topics that I didn't get to because it's like funny and just so you guys know it's like on my mind. Um, Kirsten Dunst being brutal towards Gaga, the RuPaul critique in NPR, Maddie Morphosis on Drag Race, Benedetta, loved it by the way, um, everyone who loses their dog in Williamsburg is lying, Euphoria, Project Runway Season 9, oh my god, Jenny's Facebook post on Real Houses of Salt Lake City fucking tore it crazy, she's just like an average American, like, my cousin posts the same shit. Um, Vanderpump Rules over oh, Kel's dad was hot when he was young. Uh, I got to see the Scream movie. King of the Hill is getting rebooted, and so is Beavis and Butthead. Love that. Love Mike Judge. Um, Erica Jane, Shangela, Nene Leakes, and Tiffany Pollard are joining Somebody Big Brother. I've never seen this show, but like, fuck, like, maybe I'll watch this season. Oh, and here's a note that's kind of relative or relevant <laughs> to the last question um, I wrote down. Is there a form of rehab where you go somewhere quiet for a month and only do like one hour of therapy a day uh, and then you're healed? I would love to just do this. Uh, I would rather spend, we well, you spend like a year on college and just go to a nice little resort, do an hour of therapy a day for 30 days. And I think I'll be fine. I can get all my shit out of the way. Uh, and then, then, then you know, life can begin again. Cultural reset. Sober January. Um, I'm assuming I would be not drinking at this, yeah, retreat. Um, and if this exists, like, please, please sound off in the comments. Oh, one more thing. Um, I tweeted, like, if I... <laughs> uh, <laughs> I would start thinking about my life more differently if I was older than Jason Bateman in the movie Juno. Cause you know, he's like the cool, he used to be cool and listens to like those bands. I've like actually never listened to like Sonic youth and I don't know shit like that. So I Googled like how old was Jason Bateman in the movie Juno? Uh, he's 37 in the movie, which is right around the corner for me. And not even that old. So I don't care. <laughs> I would never marry Jennifer Garner. So anyways, okay, this is truly on so long. Um, my God, 50. Oh, okay. We're looking at, we're looking at a long one here, guys. Thank you so much. And, you know, you got to watch this space. The merch is dropping. Um, there are, listen, I also slashed the goddamn prices on my prints to like $38. So I sold all the green curtains. I'm, there's like five max left of each. They're gorgeous. You know, get on this shit. Cause you know, I don't know what's happening now. Is it like I sold out of the hat and the green curtains and people are DMing me like, oh, do you have any more? No, bitch. I don't have any more. The edition is on the webpage. Do you look at the webpage? Edition of 25. Sold out. 
They don't have any more. They're gone. You missed the boat. Don't miss the boat. I'm not printing more. I have to like buy them to, to make them reasonably priced. I have to buy them in bulk. I'm not doing it again. Cause guess what? I'm embarrassed when no one buys them, which they mostly don't do. I'm not trying to let a fire in anyone's ass. I'm just saying that's the way it goes as a, you know, small business owner. Uh, but I appreciate everyone's pot stuff. And if you're thinking about it, you appreciate that too, but it might be time to kind of put your money where your mouth is. And, uh, you know, you don't want you to live with regret for the rest of your life. Okay. Oh my God. Such a long episode. I won't edit this. I mean, I should probably cut it a lot. God damn. This is almost an hour, 57 minutes. So an hour and, f- oh Jesus. All right. Well, I hit another, hit another, um, landmark. Okay. Enough, enough, enough. Thanks guys. Love you all. Bye.